0: Christian E's Hot Topic. Wow, it's been a while since I've heard that announcer voice.
1: Hot Topic. topic.
0: Dan, it's been... Wow. An egregiously long time since we taped a podcast together.
1: I don't think we have taped a show since 1963. It was the
0: day that Kennedy was shot. Do you remember that? I remember that. And um, remember, we we got on air yeah. live. Right. Just to talk his response. I was finding the old reel-to-reels on that. Right. It was a good
1: episode. It was a great... And it, we, we were, it was ironic, too, that we were broadcasting from the book depository that day in Dallas. Right.
0: Which is uh, a few all- doors
1: down, right. actually. And I I remember that.
0: Th- I was like, what is that? I kept... Well, I just thought it was a car backfire. Right, 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 right. You know that was back when we both had both of our real hips. And you know what I mean? Our real hair. And our real hair. Yeah. Right. Thank you. Also, jaw, teeth. <laughs> uh, my ears were real back then. <laughs> yes. How are you, Jared? I'm good, Dan. I really am. Man, it's been a good summer. It's over. It is over. Summer's over. What happened? It was just the start of this summer. This is, and I keep, I feel this every year now when summer starts. It's like. <sighs> I just know it's gonna be over too fast. Yeah. I'm never disappointed. You know, you blink twice (laughs) and like, well, all right, I guess we're just back in another year. That's fine. And this is life, and you do this and then you die. So And so Andy
1: is how old is Andy? Three. He's three. So then as he gets into school too, then it's gonna be weird because for me that's one of the benchmarks. Right, yeah is the kids going back, and now I've got two in high school, i got a senior, and so then it's weird, because then the time, then it starts really escaping for me, and I'm like, this is weird. I turned around, and they, was, they were Andy's age
0: yesterday. Yeah, you were talking about that the other day, and that, I mean, you know this intellectually, but the emotional factor of thinking, I don't have long with him at all. I know, it's you know so I mean? weird. Because there are definitely moments where it's like, dad's <laughs> going to go sit on the back porch, <laughs> nobody else come outside, okay? Let's do that. And then to think like, man... The- like I can do that for thirty years after you leave. I know. In I the, got fifteen,
1: eighteen years with them. That's right. In the moment, it sometimes it feels like an eternity. Just when everything, everybody's sick and there's yeah. vomit and there's or whatever it is. Right. But then, yeah, you do look back, and it sounds trite, and everybody says it, but it's like it just never ceases to amaze me. It's like, no. wow, that time is just fleeting, bro. Right. Mm. Okay. Well, Den and I are gonna take a cry break.
0: <laughs> oh no! <God>! Ah
1: <laughs> oh, man. Yes. Yeah, so how are you, are you doing? I, I'm doing good. Um, are you? That was, the, uh, that was the Christian, I'm doing good, dot, dot, dot. Yes, except everything's falling apart. No, 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 it's good. Um, You know, it just, life is, life is such a vapor, and then you have those periods of time where you're like, oh, everything is like, this is how it's going to be forever. It's pretty much just on the straight and narrow, and gosh, everything's pretty much coming together, but then... There's a curveball, and like Mm. right now we're dealing with like aging parents and all that kind of stuff, and so you're under investigation by the IRS. That yeah, uh, for the Epstein murder because they want to know where I was, Uh, and I say murder because absolutely. Can we
0: just talk about this for a second? (laughs) Yeah, Bill Clinton. What? I'm sorry. (laughs) Like I'm not into conspiracy theories. Me either. Don't I find them laughable? I know. But But here's two things that happened. that I go like, (laughs) that seems like it's from a movie. He got pulled off suicide watch. Yep. Yep. And his cellmate got pulled. Like within 24 hours of his death. I
1: know. I'm, I'm the same way Like something is not right Somebody's greasing some palms <laughs> You know what I mean it's, And it, clearly It was Hillary Clinton With a large pillow <laughs> That she held over his face <laughs> But isn't it weird Because the day before Like didn't that girl Like they unsealed The documents or whatever Oh I didn't hear about that Was yeah, that Yeah It was the day before With all these powerful people Who were implicated And then the next day Is when he It's, it's too convenient bro it's I don't know It's
0: super Like it's movie convenient It
1: really is It really So we'll follow We're following that story We're That's following it carefully,
0: stay tuned here
1: at Christian Ease for live breaking news. What do we turn into 60 Minutes all of a sudden? Hey, by the way, saw a great documentary that I recommend,
0: on? especially for youngsters like you. Well, let's not get yes, away
1: no, here. pejorative. It works. No, it's uh, Mike Wallace from 60 Minutes. Do you remember yeah. him? Oh, you tell me about this. Oh my gosh, it's such a great documentary. It's no, about, maybe you didn't. No, tell, a, tell me maybe more about somebody it. Else. It's just about his life, but okay. it goes back and it's so interesting because we, we think about how this is the worst it's ever been everything mm. is horrible everybody's and it, it's like you see newsreel footage from the 50s and it's the same thing and also we've talked about this a million times like right. people are like well in the 50s everybody was moral everybody and good. loved Jesus yeah but, ne- but it was just it was just it was under the surface but not even that you see some of these things and it was there was controversy there was there was all kinds of shenanigans going on with everything so like every time period we see it through our little lens for our 50 60 70 80 90 years but it's always been just a sinful mess no but seriously this is the worst it's ever been yeah it is you're right. i mean come on
0: (laughs) Uh, i mean come on
1: yeah i don't know man it's just uh but it was really it's really fascinating to see this guy's career and his life I didn't know he was a like a pitch man. Like he was basically just doing no. commercials and stuff, like hawking really? toothpaste and shamwow, wow And he was a, he was an actor, like he was in these cheesy kind of uh, almost novella like soap opera kind of things before he found his niche as a as That's a funny. journalist. It was fascinating. That's funny. And seeing all the old footage, like some of the people, like Anwar Sadati sits down with, and some of these people, I mean, and like he used to be the the uh, well president or premier of uh, Egypt. Oh, and okay. And he was he <laughs> was murdered after. Was yeah. he murdered in a cell after being on suicide watch? Yes! No, he was in the grandstands uh, for a big parade, and the Ayatollah Khomeini put out an order on him during the hostage crisis in Iran, and sure enough, somebody threw a grenade at, at the parade stand when
0: he was in it. Dang. Yeah. Can I tell you how thankful I am that, to my knowledge, nobody wants to kill me? There's, There's not been a fatwa That don't you? like me, <laughs> but I know of no one actively at, at work to kill me.
1: I think we should change that. I think Greg Laurie should put a fatwa on you. Greg
0: I think it'd be more uh, James McDonald. we we'll do that. <laughs> <him> some things. <laughs> Please don't kill me, James. Oh, my gosh. He's issued a fatwa for Jared. Okay, sure. so what's what's up today? What are we talking well, it's about? What's a hot topic, Dan. Hot topic. Hot topic. Hot topic. Baby. So I was down on Skid Row yesterday. We have a partner at church, uh, Union Rescue Mission, one of the oldest rescue missions in the country, uh, the largest rescue mission in the country. Mm. Uh, it, it was interesting. Maybe I've told you this before. You heard the term falling off the wagon. Mm -hmm. It actually came from Union Rescue Mission. It did not. They had this gospel wagon that they would take around. This was like back in the 20s or 30s. Like a
1: horse-drawn wagon? Yeah, yeah.
0: Horse-drawn wagon. Maybe back in the 1800s. Wow. Where they would go to all the bars at closing time, and they would say, who wants a hot meal and an encouraging gospel message? You're kidding. And people would get on the wagon, and they would take them to a tent and give them a hot meal and share the gospel (laughs) with them as kind of these drunks sobered up. But if you were so drunk that you didn't make it, they would say, where's Johnny? And they go, oh, he must have fallen off the wagon. You're and that's kidding. the genesis of that term.
1: That's so interesting. Isn't that cool? No way. Well, I don't know about it. cool.
0: I mean, I guess it's drunk people falling off wagons, but well, it's interesting. but hey, they got to fall they somewhere. They got to fall somewhere, right? Right. right. Okay. Uh, yeah, so so down yet. on Skid Row. Yep. Um, and I, I took some people from church who had never been before. Uh, one of them who's been on the show, Martha, mm-hmm. used to have a jewelry shop down in that area. She hadn't been down there for like 10 years. Wow. And she was saying, man, it's really changed down here. Yeah. And uh, have you been down there? Yes, down? I have. It's I have. for those who aren't from LA, never been on Skid Row. Skid Row is the largest conglomeration of homeless people in a in a concentrated area. Um, I think the estimates are—I might be getting this wrong. I think it's like fifteen thousand people within a few block radius, mm. and it's insane when you go down there. It does not feel like the United States mm-hmm. when you go down there. There are yeah. tents all over the sidewalks. There's people yeah. walking around the streets. People sleeping on the streets. Rats. There's. Oh yeah. Uh, there was a strain of tuberculosis that yep. is unique to Skid Row. Yeah, The uh, the fire department station there is the busiest fire station in the country because yeah. they respond all day to calls. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's this stark contrast when you go there and when you're there, it feels immersive. It feels like a different country. Mm-hmm. And then you go five blocks in literally any direction mm-hmm. and you're back in kind of industrial or even wealthy LA. Yeah, And it's just interesting. So I don't even want necessarily want to talk about Homelessness, no that's a huge topic, huge issue. Sure. Although I would love to have, I asked uh, Dan Anderson, who's one of our contacts down there, if yeah. he would come be on the podcast. Yes. Dan was a pastor at a fluent suburban church, thought he could do more with his life, Wow. and moved and lives at Union Rescue Mission now and is kind of the chaplain for all the residents No there, way. And has an amazing just perspective and story. So he said he would come on sometime. Great. So we I'd love to have that. him on. 100%. But uh, did that, and then this morning I was taping a video for our church of um, some people who are involved in our prison ministry, Mm -hmm. Malachi Dads, up at Pitch's Detention Center, and just thinking about how natural it is for us to be averse to even being aware of problems. Yeah. I mean, one of the ethics of the town that we live in, which has not facetiously been self-named Awesome Town... Awesome Town. ...is that people move away from conflict, away from danger, away from diversity. Yeah. I don't know. You've lived in this area a while... Yeah. You're a white guy. What do you think? Well, that's what we did. We lived in
1: North Hollywood for a long time, and it was great until we were going to have kids. Right. And then all of a sudden, what do we do? We start looking for the safety of the suburbs, somewhere we can afford, uh, Look, all the trappings of like what you think of when you think of a safe... Uh, upwardly mobile kind of, you know, whatever, just everything that goes with it. And that's one of the things that has drawn me to somebody like a Tim Keller because his story is so compelling because he did the exact opposite. He did the counterintuitive thing of moving from a real white bread kind of area into New York City because that's where the sick people were and those are the people who need the medicine. And it so once I became aware of that, I was like, Jill and I often will feel kind of guilty that we— we bailed out of North Hollywood because, yeah, there wasn't a church or whatever, but so why not try to start one or try to be, you know what I mean? Like yeah. we are, I think our natural inclination is to flee or to look the other way, no matter what it is. I mean, I catch myself doing that. Yesterday, I was having coffee with a buddy up here, and look, we, our class and our, our church, we've done stuff with the homeless shelter and, and all kinds of things and have been around folks from all stripes, uh, but there was a guy there who was homeless— and a little agitated or whatever, and my inclination at first was to look the other way and to pretend it's not happening. And everybody else did the same thing. Mm. And it's like, okay, wait, what's our call? Are we called to? Is that what they say? Ignore the widows and the orphans and the, you know,
0: that's the call, yeah.
1: The needy. It's it's to turn the other
0: way, right? It's to turn the other cheek and ignore pretend them because it's, it's it's messy and complicated. <laughs> but yeah, I think, who even knows if I give them money if they're going to use it on drugs? <laughs> oh jeez, yeah. But I, I, I'm totally guilty of that. I'm totally guilty of that. What I'm. I think we've talked about this before. We had a speaker out at church who wrote a book on foster care, a guy named Jason Johnson. And uh, he, in his talk that he was doing, he was talking about the fact that Jesus moved towards difficult situations and uh-huh. towards difficult people. Yeah. And he's redeemed a body for himself that now represents him on earth. And he calls yeah. that body to, as those who are sent towards difficult things. Right. And just thinking about the opportunity that exists... I don't mean that opportunistically, but there's those yeah. who are broken and know they're broken yes. and are looking for help. Yeah. And for for churches to run away from that because it's complicated or messy or it just doesn't fit into the box that we like to think of in yes. Christianity church. church, yeah. we're really missing something significant. And the Lord has just been beating me up on this, mm-hmm. um, just thinking about how one of the ethics in Scripture is that God is ascending God. He's always been sending Mm -hmm. help to people. Mm -hmm. He sent his son, he sent his spirit, he sends people who represent his son through the power of his spirit. And for us to maybe miss the directionality of the life that God has given us isn't in a lot of ways to miss our calling. Like discipleship isn't necessarily the end goal. Discipleship is extremely important. It's the calling to be a disciple of Christ, but it's not just that we would all get healthy and happy and informed and then pat each other on the back. It's that we would go... Evidence the greatness of the gospel of the Savior that we have. And we do that best in places where. Where there's just a lot of darkness, where there's really a yes. need for the gospel light to shine bright. And
1: light. I think where we don't have full confidence in our abilities to handle a situation, too, because, right. like, I, I for me, it becomes an issue. It's a hard issue because I don't think I ultimately, when I'm in those situations, everything's where a hard issue. Dan. It is. It's a God thing. But I don't. I don't. I'm not trusting God fully when I'm when I'm ignoring that kind of stuff. I'm because I'm not trusting that He will work through me and whatever that I've got to have it all figured out beforehand. You know yeah, what and, I mean?
0: And, I mean, that's a... we talked about Second Corinthians a bunch because I've been reading it. Um, but thinking about Second Corinthians 4, where Paul talks about how we're, we're jars of clay and it's not mm-hmm. us that's the treasure, the gospel's the gospel's treasure. gospel's the treasure, yeah. You know, uh, in 6 and 7 and 8 and 9, he, he talks about our sufficiency doesn't come from us, it comes from the provision of the Father. So yeah. that in us being generous, it's not our generosity that's highlighted, no. it's the provision of the Father. It's the
1: provision of the Father, and that's the thing, our, our lives pointing to Christ and but when we don't when we don't step out in confidence that way then that that that's not being showcased right you know God is not it's not only that we're gonna it's not that we're helping somebody yeah of course you want to offer them help but the main thing too is then to reflect the glory of God right and when you cut that off then you're cutting off the help and you're cutting off that opportunity to whether for the person that you're ministering to or for somebody watching that to be like oh why are they Why would you do that? And it's, again, like, we've talked about that at church a lot of times. It's a platform to—it's a gospel delivery system, too, to showcase everything. It's not just the help for help's sake. Because that's good. It's a good thing to help. Like,
0: people have a deeper problem than than food. And that's so true on Skid Row. So they'll say, nobody goes hungry on Skid Row, right? Everybody, like, there's people that literally roll up and open the back of their car and have sandwiches to give to the homeless. So, like, what they need is not more water or more sandwiches or even, like, cleaner— bathroom facilities. They have this amazing thing on Skid yeah. Row where it's a self-cleaning bathroom, right? Oh Cuz there there is a problem there. You got 15,000 yeah, people yeah, yeah, on like yeah. f- literally four public toilets there. Right, right. Um but what they need is relationship. Yeah. They need people who are willing to come alongside them and reconnect with them, but ultimately connect them to the father, yeah, right? Yeah, they yeah, need yeah, to be yeah. connected to to the father. Yes. So I, we probably talked about this a bunch on this podcast. I was just thinking it's funny Were anyone to listen to this all the way through, (laughs) were anyone in the world to do that, it would probably be like a trajectory of what we're thinking about in our growth over time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've just been thinking about this a lot. Yeah. That a lot of... I mean, I've grown up in suburban churches my whole life and relatively affluent churches. Yes. And churches that make forays into the scary world of people who are different than us and hurting. Mm -hmm. But we're unwilling just to go and be there. And one of the things I appreciate about this guy, Dan, is... Uh, his willingness to go incarnate the gospel among people. Yeah. So in missi- missiology, we talk about that that Jesus came as the incarnation of of the Father, right? So he came to show us what God is like yeah. by living among us. Yeah. And, and I think there is a calling for those of us who are gospel ambassadors to be willing to do that. And Dan kind of left his affluent life and now literally lives in his office on Skid Row because wow. he wants to get to know people, wants to show them that yeah. this isn't just a white guy coming to bring in some good news and then taking yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm living here with you. Yeah. I just think there's a, a greater calling for us to do that, whether it's through foster care or mentoring or regular involvement with with the homeless and the hurting. there's just a lot of ways we could do that um, that changes us and gives yeah. us a different perspective on life but actually yes. showcases the thing that we say we believe and treasure the most. or even if it's
1: something an interaction with somebody at Starbucks or somewhere who's who's hurting or rather than run away from it or any any of our relationships yeah. like I think in general we, I think. We're also, we're looking for that. We've talked about this in relation to politics and all kinds of things, but we're always looking for this magic bullet. If we elect the right person, if we pass the right laws, and everything, right. and it's just like this brokenness is pervasive and is going to dominate this plane of existence until, from our viewpoint, until Christ returns. Right. Right. So this is not. This is not going to end. This is an ongoing mission that
0: we need to. There's going to be no respite from this. I was, when we were down there yesterday, yeah. we were kind of doing this tour. And I mean, we're, we work at a church office, so we always have schedules. So we were on a tight timeline. <laughs> we couldn't be interrupted by the homeless people all around us. <laughs> God forbid. Yeah. Jeez. And, uh, <laughs> there was a guy who's kind of lost. And the guy we were with, this guy said, Hey, I need a drink of water. And we kind of walked past him. And then the guy we were with goes, You know, hold on a second. I'm going to go get this guy a cup of water. So yeah. he goes and gets it. And, uh, he comes back and goes, You know, I've been thinking about this a lot that, um, Every time I run into somebody, I have this opportunity to either ignore them and walk past them in my busy life, or to take a moment and see see them differently. And, and Christ says in Matthew ten forty two, if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you that person will certainly not lose the reward. There's another spot where he talks about it's like you've treated treated me that way. And, mm-hmm. and this guy was saying that that you know when I walk by somebody in need, do I see a nuisance or do I see Jesus there? Yeah. And do I respond in kind? And yeah. so yeah, when there's times in all of our life where we come across needy people, yeah. Um, and I think we so easily go to socioeconomic reasons to not help them or sure. political reasons. Or just um, that it's, it, it's or just inconvenient. Yeah. It's inconvenient. Rather than saying like, here's somebody in need and, and I need to, I need to do something with them. Our partner in, yes. in Haiti, Greg Barshaw, yeah, likes to talk about how we think about return on investment too much as Christians, R-O-I, right? Yeah. So if I give money to this person, yeah. are they going to use it for this? Yeah. yeah how do yeah, I know yeah. they're not going to buy a fifth of cheap whiskey you don't fifth. know and if you that's know what that, if that's right?
1: what it takes for them to get through whatever we also can't manage that outcome
0: right and, and the goal isn't that i tell them I'm, you can use this for a salad with a <laughs> low calorie dressing <laughs> with kale i care about your colon right it's yeah, just yeah. you're demonstrating compassion to them um and that's, that's the calling. It's not to, to manage right. the outcome necessarily, but to take a step in showing the love of Christ and yes. hopefully have a chance to share the hope of Christ with them.
1: And I think then we also have to get to the reason, the motive that we've been talking about. We're reading a great book right now. Uh, anybody at home want to read something really good about uh, faith? uh Especially if you are a Christian. I don't know if you're not a Christian, if it would resonate as much, but it's still a great book. Jerry Bridges' uh, the, the Discipline of Grace. Discipline of Grace.
0: We get no kickback off this. None. I mean, Mr. Bridges is in fact dead. So <laughs> there you go. He doesn't give us anything. His estate that. gets it. Yeah. But
1: um, but it's the motive. So it, it a lot of people do good works just to do good works. It makes them feel good. It makes right. us all feel good. What? But what's the motivation? The motivation is. As a Christian, we have been given so much and the grace that we have been given because, you know, for us, Christ, we believe with every fiber of our being that Christ took all this punishment so we could have a relation with the Father again and live eternally with him. And that gratitude, that grace pervades everything that we do and we should then emulate that, not because we're trying to
0: be a good person. No, but like there, there's a joyful purpose behind the gospel, yes. right? So Paul talks in Titus too about how God has redeemed for himself the people who are zealous for good works. Right. All throughout Titus right. good works pops up. Right. But it's it's always an outflow of the gospel. The gospel. And I think it's been helpful for me to read people like Piper and others who've connected it to it's your joy. Yeah. So, if you really treasure Jesus more than anything else, then you're totally freed to help other people at sacrifice to yourself. Because if my life is about my comfort and my circumstances, my possessions, then helping other people's ridiculous. Right. And it's just an obstacle to that. Right. But if my joy is in Christ and I become a channel to show his love to people, and what I have in Jesus is enough, then I can give things away freely, because my hope isn't in stuff, it's in Jesus. Right.
1: So, that's... And I think that's why we have to be, as Christians, we have to be rooted in the Word all the time, and reading... Reading what God's instruction manual says, yeah, right? right, and and really policing our 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 motivations for things, because if we're not, then we get stuck in this cycle of like oh, I'm doing it because I need to do it, or it's what whatever, or it yeah. makes me feel good, or you know. And it just, I think you're right. Then we want to because we get that joy. What is it that Piper calls it in the the book that we read? Uh, the uh, what what is how how does he describe it? Um, in terms of just the, the great joy he gets, I can't remember that principle. Gospel joy, yeah, gospel joy. But what what's the thing that he kind of coined? Oh, he Christian hedonism. Hey, Christian, Christian, Christian hedonism. hedonism sorry, yeah. yeah, yeah. Where it's just that, like you said, it's that overwhelming. Like, oh my gosh, I'm on, yeah, I'm on fire for this. You know what I mean? And just like that, not out of obligation, but out of delight. Out of delight.
0: Yeah, and I just that's where I want to get, and so much of the time I'm not there. Well, and this guy Dan was saying in his office yesterday. Eddie uh, likes to ask people, help me show me some passages that talk about Jesus wanting you to live a safe, comfortable life yeah. where everything that you have has been given for you. And he, yeah. I mean that sincerely. And then can yeah. I show you some passages that actually say the opposite of that? Yeah. And again, our, our partner in Haiti, Greg, always talks about that, that, that American Christians are very worried about safety. Yeah. You really don't find any instance in Scripture of God encouraging his people to pursue safety. You do find a lot of instances of God encouraging Christians to run towards the hurting, towards the broken. Spiritual God. first responders. Right. Oh, that's good. Thanks. Oh, that's good. Thank you. You can Copyright. see that on TNT starting in September. Yeah. Dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. Um, God encourages us to go towards danger, confident that he's going to protect us. Yeah. And it's in the danger and the difficulty that people yeah. can see that we have a greater treasure. Yeah, and I think we that even
1: goes to, you know, we've talked about aging parents and people and caring for people. You know, I think our culture does this very poorly in terms of, like, taking care of our parents. it's The, it, the automatic thing is, hey, we're going to go to assisted living or we're going to do what, whatever's easy. And I've been guilty of that. When my mom got older, there were circumstances where I felt like I couldn't bring her into our home mm. and do that. And there are times where I look at that and I'm like, gosh, you know, did I do that mainly mm. for my own convenience? And what would have it looked like if I would have brought her here, and we would have done? And Jill and I talk about that all the time. And so I think that's something else too, where that demonstrates gospel and and the love of Christ, caring for people in ways they're like, you know, it's really messy and hard and difficult, and the fear of of doing that a lot of times prevents us from even doing that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. And,
0: and just to think, I'm confident we're not going to get to heaven and be glad that we lived really safe, comfortable lives. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, I don't think I we're going to at all. I think we're going to get there and, and realize a lot of opportunities we left on the table. Oh yeah. So, I mean, even just to think about there's opportunity all around us, right? right. You don't have to, you don't have to go to skid row. Yeah. Um, but skid row is like this hyperbolic in your face. Yeah. Wow. I gotta, I gotta think differently about the world.
1: Oh Yeah. Well, and I think all I think all of those things. So I think every maybe the takeaway is every day, every situation we're in, even if it's not as extreme. I mean, I think that's good too to have those things, or like Hope Gardens, that's near us. You know, like right. all of those things that stretch you. But then. Also, be on the lookout for it, because I think it's all around us all the time, yeah, especially if you're in a metropolitan area like Los Angeles, San Francisco, Portland, Seattle. I mean, this problem is gaining traction, and I don't care what the cause of it is. Everybody can argue about what the cause of it is, but the fact is, it's here, and it's getting worse, and people are more broken, not less broken. Right? People, you know, I'll talk about the mass shootings and all that kind of stuff. Why is this happening? Let's do it. You know what? It's a, it's a heart condition, yeah. right? The heart is deceitful above all things, and we... All this stuff, man. We, we we got we got our plates full. We can we can handle. There's no
0: shortage of broken people, no, you know. No. And, and I think like if you don't know any broken people, one, you probably don't know the people in your life. Correct. But two, maybe Correct. you've maybe you built so many walls around yeah. your life that the people aren't there.
1: Yeah. And I would say to our audience too, who are who are believers who who believe that Jesus is the Messiah too. I, you said something great in class a couple weeks ago where you were like jokingly. I, I think if you don't doubt your salvation, like. Once a month or whatever, you're probably not saved. And yeah. I think that's something good, too. I think we really need to look at ourselves all the time and be like, hey...
0: Int- Am I living this out? Am I yeah. living this out? And like, Do I believe this? And if I yeah. believe this, why, why is there a huge difference between what I believe and how I live? And why does it stop at the, at the church door? Because remember Brian, who used to be on the show? Yes. He would talk often about how <laughs> yeah. there's a discrepancy between... yeah. Between how Christians talk and how they live. No, absolutely, yeah. and that's it's very true. We're gonna get so Brian back someday.
1: We are gonna get him back. Uh, gosh darn, he's uh, he's busy man, and uh, he's closing deals. He's closing deals, but we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get this happening. In fact, I think I'm gonna see Brian tomorrow. So are you? I think so. Well, tell I, him I miss him. Yeah, I will, and we're gonna we're gonna try to, to make this happen and get it going. But uh, it's a good uh, it was a good hot topic, man. I, I don't even know where we're at with time. I'm gonna look at the old clock in the wall, and uh, I can't because the screensaver's on. So, well, I mean, you locked yourself out there. The uh, password
0: is f- Fluffy Bunny. <laughs> Proverbs three five,
1: brother, right there. Look Proverbs at that. Proverbs three five. Look at that. Okay,
0: look at that. So we're at, uh, at eighty two minutes. Is that what that says? Uh, that's not right. What's that's not right. On Hold here. on a second. Who's
1: our engineer here? Uh, I am. Hey everybody. Um, what? Why is it doing that? Uh, I don't know. Any, oh, I see. Okay. How right. do you unlock this Time. iPhone? How do
0: you? Uh,
1: we're at twenty seven minutes. So. Oh, oh, we gotta shut it down. Yeah, we gotta shut it down, but well, hey, We want you to hear from one of our new sponsors, but before we do that, yes, make sure that you reach out to us. We've actually been getting some good emails. And I we're know. formulating new episodes as we speak. We can't discuss them Literally right
0: now. Right now. now. Top secret. Yes, but... We're going to Area 51. (laughs) There you got it. That's right. We're going to camp out. We're going to Naruto run at those people and see what happens. (laughs) Blessing Blessing (laughs) them
1: aliens. (laughs) Blessingfilledhost at gmail.com. Blessingfilledhost at gmail.com. With a question, with a comment, with a show idea, if you want to be on the show let us know. We want to talk to you guys. We're sorry it's been so long. We promise we're going to try to do better. Promise is a strong word. It's we promise. certainly are going to try. We promise to try. There we go. That's How's good. How's
0: that? I like that. That's that honest, embarrassing all the time.
1: Um, and also, uh, give us a rating on Apple if you would. Uh, that helps us out. Give us a uh, a four or five star or, or six. Two and a half star. you do an 11? <laughs> Whatever. Uh, yeah, that's it. And uh, yeah, our new sponsor, uh, I think these folks are cool. I think it's a worthy cause.
0: I think it's a really worthy cause. I'm thankful. All right, we'll see you later.
1: See you. Bye. My name is Steve, and even though I find this incredibly hard, I'm asking for help. I, like countless other Americans, am struggling to make ends meet. I recently had to give up the lease on my Audi 2019 A5 Sportback, not because I was able to trade up to a better car, but because I had to settle for something cheaper. You see, between the payments for my new boat and the timeshare I have in Maui, something had to give. And that something was my favorite sports car. You see, like many others, I'm only moderately wealthy. And that's where the Association for the Advancement of the Moderately Wealthy, or AAMW, comes in. For a small donation, you can help keep me and others like me from having to suffer the indignity of losing the essentials, like designer brands and high-end leather pouches, messenger bags, and briefcases. Even a small donation like $450 can help someone like me make a car payment so I can still afford Gucci socks. Call now. Operators are standing by. The AAMW thanks you, and I thank you. Remember, moderate wealth isn't really wealth at all. This message paid for by the Association for the Advancement of the Moderately Wealthy. Hot Topic.